0: Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate Lockie and we are back for our first episode of the 2023 season. Lockie, are you excited to be back talking footy again?
1: Oh mate, as soon as we start planning this episode, it all feels real. It reminds me that the footy is just around the corner.
0: No, I absolutely love to see it. And look, this is of course our 2023 season preview episode. So let's... Let's not waste any time. Let's get stuck into it. No softball Let's questions here. We're going straight for the big ones, and it's all about expectations. Lockie, mm-hmm. what are your expectations for the 2023 season?
1: Can I establish, are we doing a no fence-sitting policy in this episode? What What's the deal with that? Have you got any fence-sits planned?
0: I'm hoping not, and if I do push me off said fence, we are going straight right. for it. None of that this year. I feel mm-hmm. like we can't have that complacency. None of this soft stuff. Let's go yeah. for it. If we're expecting Carlton to do it, we need to do it ourselves. Everything on the I was way. just going to
1: say, we need to hold ourselves to the standard that we hold the boys to. And for me, that expectation, I guess, is I'm expecting that we're going to be better than last season. Mm. Sounds pretty simple, <laughs> but that's what I'm expecting to see. And for if we are going to be a better team than last season, well, that means we're going to be playing finals. So at the very... Baseline, we can't say that every season. Some seasons are like, oh, I feel like we're going to take a step back this year. Yep. This year, we're on the way up.
0: No, I definitely agree with finals. I'll almost do a little bit of a follow-up question here because there's do a bit it. of sentiment at the moment talking about, well, last year, I guess the expectation, particularly throughout that season when we went 8-2, and two, was it's we have to make finals. We miss mm-hmm. out do you aim a bit higher than just finals now, or are you happy with just, I guess the the baseline of that? Are you going, we need to make, be making top four. We need a finals win. Like are you treating last year as if we we did make finals and then therefore mm. you have to almost aim higher this season. Where are you kind of sitting in that conversation?
1: I'm probably, I'm probably separating what we need to do and what we're aiming to do. I mean, I don't yep. see any reason why we shouldn't be aiming to win the flag this year. Yes. I think that's, a genuine possibility. And I really hope that internally that's what Vossi is Mm. putting out there. I don't, I don't see any reason why they're going, all right, let's make top four. Like we have, if, if all the stars align, we can do it all. And yeah, you're right. Like the narrative around seemingly a lot of non Carlton fans too is, oh yeah, Carlton will make top four. They got to make top Mm. four ridiculous if they don't. It's pretty hard to go from not making the finals for ten years to making the top four. So, I'm like, it's not going to be the end of the world for me mm. if we don't make top four. But absolutely, the the expectations yes. and the, what we should be aiming for is getting a double chance.
0: No doubt. No, I, I like the separation. It's an interesting one. Kind of what I guess, kind of pass mark. If we're using that term, it has to be sure. finals. it it can't be anything else at this stage last year was kind of probably the last time with this group that you could maybe go okay and and even in the end I think both of us have been critical of it was such a missed opportunity and and when you're looking at the, the ages of a lot of these players now they're starting to get into their prime a few are starting to get into those later 20s we don't want to be wasting the the best and the prime of these players and you see with other clubs it can happen almost out of nowhere and we can't just let that slip and we can't have another, okay, we've got this core group and it's only the end of their career that they start mm-hmm. to see a bit of success. We just have to be aiming for it. And I agree with you. My expectations are we've treated last season as if we made finals and we're aiming a bit higher. Cause I think you can agree mm-hmm. last year, it was just, okay, let's just hope we can get in. It feels the vibe around the Carlton community is well, okay, we've seen ourselves last season. We can match it with the best. There's obviously still some issues, which is why we didn't make top eight. But let's push a bit further now. And I want to start to see us doing a bit of damage. And so I I don't necessarily have us like top four. For me, I'm not too fast the positioning of the ladder, but I Mm. want a finals win, which might be a little bit too much for some. Some might be saying finals is enough, but I want to see us actually be in there cuz i think last season we were all probably thinking if we get in that's enough if we get if we lose if we get belted it's all good we just made finals we've ticked that off no one can say anything but i want to go yep. further i don't want to just be making up the numbers for me it's a finals win
1: yeah no i think it's really valid and i mean we'll get into the specifics a bit more later but yeah i mean what we had, we had 12 wins last season and you know there's years where that is a finals team yeah and you know perhaps you could say you you could hope that we're going to have 15 wins this year. Like three Mm. more wins is not a whole lot. When you think about how close we were in some last year and some years that's top four. So it's Mm. as simple as that, really, it's not going to take a whole lot more in my opinion for us to get
0: to that kind of level where we want to be. 100%. And then we're going to dive very deep into the injury front, pretty topical at the moment as it it probably already was before some injuries did happen. But, since the news of particularly Walsh and then Zach Williams, being out for mm. one the season and one, we don't actually know how long, at least the start of the season. Has that changed your expectations yep. at all, knowing that we're going to have a couple of key players out for an extended period of time already? I wouldn't say it's changed them massively yet, and I'm trying to be
1: optimistic as always. I think, I think we showed last year that we can, we can battle through having Mm. key players out it's just how many of those key players out before Mm. it all falls apart like see round 23 like we we showed that we you know we beat richmond at the start of the year without walsh even though Mm. he's one of our best players we we can do it without him um and and we haven't seen really the best of Mm. williams in a carlton jersey yet anyway so yeah i guess i'm not too worried yet but it's just when they actually start to build up even more that I would start to get worried and all, and also considering that I still firmly believe that injuries is one of the main reasons we didn't play finals last year. So that's always going to be there. And you know, if the same thing happens, then
0: we might miss out again. So we can't let that happen. Yeah, it definitely isn't changing my expectations. I, I agree with you. We came from within a kick in two games late in the season with really no midfield. We, we barely had half of the, the, the best players out there and put ourselves in winning positions to do it. So it doesn't change the expectations. It probably changes, mm. uh, I guess, maybe my excitement or confidence around it. I think mean, yep. If you have a Walsh there, you have a Zach Williams, all accounts were. He was training the house down, all those preseason cliches. But yep. you, you add those players in there and you start to feel a bit confident that maybe we can push deep into finals and really impact and maybe push for a premiership, you never know if things align for. You start to have some injury issues, and when you don't have the keys of your best 22, you start to worry a little bit. But I agree with you. I think expectations don't change. We know it's that next man up mentality. We're not just a team of one. There's We're a squad, and it has to be every single person stepping up and doing a role. And mm. as well with the coaching group, they've got to be able to find ways to get the best out of everyone. We've shown that in glimpses about being a bit more consistent around that and yeah, kind of touched on this. And there was a bit of a, a fan question on this. So I'm going to ask it. Um, it was from Jacqueline cool. Hunt. She asks pretty much after the heartbreak of last season, surely it's finals or bust this year. And mm. I guess the question <laughs> I had was kind of following in from that, which is what happens if we don't make finals as well, Lucky?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And It's something that, yeah, I guess we seemingly talk about every preseason. I mean, I I don't really take too much of a dramatic approach to it. I mean, I think there could be lots of different reasons why we don't make finals. If we don't, Mm. see 2022, that's kind of what happened. I guess, I don't know. I'm trying to take a bit of a different mindset to it. And maybe this isn't going to answer your question very well. But I think we're in a really, I guess fortunate position right now where you and I are going to go to as many games as we can this season. And every week we're going to think that we're going to win. And my God, most of our lives we go to the footy and we think we're going to lose. So, you know, I I think we just got to keep in mind that we're in a really good position right now. We're confident that we're going to be Mm. playing finals. We think there's a fair chance we play top four. That's pretty amazing. If it doesn't happen, we're not going to be tearing things down. It's the second mm. season with Voss, second season with this whole reset of the club. So what happens if we don't make finals? I think probably the same thing that happened this season. They're going to review everything deeply. They're going to make some changes around the fringes and then we'll do it again. But I don't think we need to worry about that.
0: Mm. Yeah, you probably answered like my follow-up question there, which I'll, I'll ask anyway. I'll push a bit further. Yeah. Is If we don't, and mm. let's say for hypothetical, we were generally pretty fit throughout the year. Cause that's probably the caveat mm. where when we had quite a few injuries, people can start to put blames on things and it's a bit easier. If we're mm. relatively healthy and we don't make finals. Do you think Voss stays? Because I know this is kind of the thing when people talk that finals or bust, which I know you don't love the bust mm. terminology because obviously mm. if we don't make finals, it's a disaster of a season. There might be certain reasons around it and and you never know what could happen. So it's hard to always talk about the the hypotheticals, but it's not a success Mm. and something will need to change. For you, is that almost as far as the coach can go if it's been two consecutive seasons with the list, with everything around us that we believe is good enough to fail again, be wasting the prime of this list? Mm. Is that another thing that you go, well, maybe Voss isn't the guy and we have to look somewhere else? Or is it other Mm. aspects that you're looking to to change instead?
1: I think it's too much of a scapegoat mentality to go to that as the first choice. And also, Mm. it's way too nuanced and hypothetical to even put... I wouldn't want to put my my name against any kind of prediction like that because, look, if we start with 12 losses, he's not (laughs) going to be there. Yeah, like that's a fact. Um, there, there's it's it's way. I'm interested mm. to hear what your what your take is on it because it's just so hypothetical and unlikely that I, I, it would be absolutely insane. I think for Voss to not be there at the end of this season, with what we've seen so far, it would have to be an all-time collapse, and everyone yeah. would have to lose faith in him, which I just can't see happening. But I'm I'm keen to hear what you think if you think otherwise. Mm.
0: I'm probably in a similar vein, you particularly say, you know, it, it has to be that scenario where we're losing every single game and we're getting pumped and these little things really for it to to probably come down to Voss. I, I've really got this mentality this season which I'm, I'm stupidly confident which is probably mm-hmm. the worst thing to say to have, but if it all goes to shit and we don't make finals which I don't even want to almost comprehend so it's hard to bring this up so early in the episode I want to be positive, but it's probably almost got to be the playing group at that stage. I'm almost going, well, how many coaches can you have? How many assistant coaches? How many different Mm. leaders we can have successful CEOs come in, be presidents, be whatever you want, get whoever in. and At some stage, the players would have to cop some flack and and you kind of go back to the mentality of the last few games, last season, the Adelaide game, the Brisbane game, stand up for me almost more than the last two there has to be more questions for them and you'd almost have to probably blow that up and make some big moves, move some players on and try to go to that root cause of the group because you could almost throw anyone in there to coach and if Vossi can't get the result, I'm not Mm. confident that anyone else could. Uh, But hopefully we don't get to that stage. I'd love to know everyone's thoughts as well. Let us know if you're on YouTube, drop it in the comments, tweet at us if if you're listening on your streaming services, what your expectations are. And do we have to aim higher than just finals? And and I guess maybe even answer that that harsh one there. of What the hell do we do if we don't make finals? But again, hopefully we don't have to. And look, before we go any further, and this will probably be the only interruption in this podcast. Look, I've <laughs> got to give a big plug here. Uh, the here great go. man, Nick Wishart from the Carlton Cheer Squad. Look, he's set up a great tipping competition for all the baggers out there. The prizes on this mm. are absolutely unreal. The Cheer Squad have outdone themselves here because... Look, this isn't one of those competitions where it's just first, take out everything, and that's it. If you Mm. finish first, if you finish second, even third, you will receive a team-signed Carlton Guernsey. Yes, you heard me, a team-signed Carlton Guernsey. for? Not just first, not just second. It's third as well. And look, a link to the competition will be in the show notes. It will be in the description of this episode. So make sure you click through, you head on in, join the competition if you like a bit of tipping. And look, Mm. it will be... $25 to enter, but of course all of that money will go towards the amazing things that the cheer squad do. Making flags, uh, the materials for the banners and some exciting special events that the cheer squad do have planned for this year. These guys do such an amazing job for our football club. Give up their time, money, effort, but not much in return. It's all that volunteer work. So if you want to enter, if you think you're a good tipster, jump in because you have three big chances to win that team-signed Carlton Guernsey and Look, even if you don't take that out, you have a good chance. We're going to be in it. Us, mm-hmm. we will probably... Look, we're probably going to win this thing, just yeah. saying that, just quietly, but... It's really two prizes big...
1: up for grabs, you would
0: say, but... It is. So, look, if you don't happen to win the three, one of the three, and we don't happen to win one of the three, you may have the bragging rights about defeating us, which I'm sure is worth it. So, yeah. yes, check yep. the comments in the description, all of that lovely stuff, and, and join the tipping competition, but... That's enough. That's where we are. Back to the episode. Brilliant. And look, the big thing, as we've already touched on in this episode, is clearly us making finals, which leads to the next big question, Lockie, mm-hmm. from last season. What has to change for us to make finals in 2023? <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. The easiest <laughs> question every
1: year. I mean, yeah, yeah. I have to. I automatically think back to last season, and it's like what what was it we were so good in so many areas so for me it's like it's iterating on the game plan mm. it's not doing anything crazily different mm. we're, we're, the the list that we're going in with uh, oh, i guess the you know the best 22 best 25 yeah. players is pretty damn similar like we're finally going to have some consistency in this team And I think that's the most important thing. And then I guess Mm. when you talk about that consistency, yeah, look, it's probably going to be the most said word of this entire episode. But if we do end up having a good injury run and we get the same guys on the park each week, that's just going to make an absolute world of difference Mm. because pretty much everybody on our list that was healthy at some point last season played a game and it's, it's pretty hard to go all the way when that's the case. So Keep iterating. Nothing crazy different.
0: And let's get the same guys out there for me. It's, it's probably the first season that, well, one, the coaches stayed the same and the coaches around that have stayed the same. Yeah. But there hasn't been many changes to the, to the playing group where normally there's quite a lot of movement, a lot of ins, a lot of outs. So I agree with you. I think that that consistency and it then alludes to that, that fitness elements and it's about that yeah. connectivity it's about us being mm-hmm. able to build chemistry because if we're able to put out the same guys on the park each and every week our best players you give yourself the best chance you create that that bond and the players know where they are they're meant to be at every second they know that fish is going to be in that position to give him the hands every single time yeah. those little things that the best teams they just know on instinct and i'm i'm excited to see what a, another preseason under Voss can do and where we can take this a playing list because you know Voss comes in with a, a one preseason a little bit of time completely new <laughs> assistants they have to not only learn the game plan but learn players and that unfortunately can take time so i am excited about the, the maybe just natural jump we can take just by mm-hmm. having the same people around there might have been things throughout the year that Voss went look this is the game style i want to play but i don't have the players i don't have this or that I'm just going to have to have a half game plan to get through the first season. And then we can build on that, which going on, what I think I needs to change clearly a big thing last season was that physicality in the contest, hard at the contest, mm-hmm. win the contested ball this year. It seems like that shift has gone towards our transition, our ball movement. You've seen it in the way we targeted an acres in the off season, a guy that has that two way running mm-hmm. can cover the ground, gone for the pace and the running ability with our draftees. I think that's a big thing because how many times last season did we have the ball under pressure in our back half and we just – we we chipped it around for about two two kicks, got into the back pocket, mm-hmm. long kick down the line, and it hurt us. We weren't able to move the ball consistently, get these – because when when we move the ball fast, when we're able to get the ball in, it's it's stupid because football, in essence, is a, is a simple game. When you get the ball to a guy <laughs> like Harry and Charlie in that forward line, chances are they're probably going to market and kick goals. You can see by both being Coleman medalists. And mm. when you're struggling to move the football, it, it stifles that. So transition is clearly a big thing. And then probably on Love top it. of that, it comes back to, again, working on that transition where, you know, how many times last season did we struggle <sighs> conceding from turnover and struggling to really limit the effect that those turnovers had? I think that that's probably another element of that and, and where the change is going to happen. And then there's little things as well. Like, I don't know if you have any others that you wanted to add before I just go on an absolute tangent. No, About please. I, list here.
1: You know I love it. You know I love a tangent.
0: Well, it just goes probably the – I think the smalls need to maybe contribute a little bit more if you're looking mm-hmm, to add these that. extra elements. We're not getting a lot of goals so far, and I get it that, you know, the Durdens, the – the Mottlobs, they're a little bit younger, a little bit inexperienced, and sometimes that's going to happen. But we do need a bit more product from, from those guys, maybe Jack Martin. And then the other two, its again, everything's coming back down in my head to this chemistry and connectivity. Having a third intercept defender, we didn't have Gov. We didn't have Marchbank for mm. long stretches last year. I think we missed that in the game plan. And then even with the Ruckman, we, we, we TDK mm. maybe wasn't ready. Pitnet out-injured. I want to see a Ruckman step up. I think that was a key part to our contested ball. I want us perfect on every single front. And if we can get all those little things, I think we will take big strides and we won't even have to worry about will we or won't we make finals. It will be how far can we go this year.
1: Sounds like quite a recipe for success. I agree. And I just wanted to touch on where you started that tangent. Great. One of your best may I say thank you thank you you know just talking just talking about Vossi and the game plan in me his first season it has really it really stuck with me people can go and listen back to our episode a year ago where we did this exact thing and I remember you being quite call it what you want realistic pessimistic maybe Mm. about what the start of the season could look like where it was like this is an entirely new game plan we we could reel off some losses to start this season and as we find our feet and it was the opposite we it all it all clicked and you know we know how it went from there I think there is so much to be said about just that the fact that it's now the second season the second pre-season with this system with all these things listening to Vossi I think it's going to make a dramatic difference to last year I think that's going to be improvement Mm. in itself so yeah Mm. well said
0: yeah, there were so many unknowns last season and it's that big thing that's come out mm. of the club in the off season. They went in last year, the playing group have said it themselves with just hope that they can do it. They yeah. believe they can do it now. And I wonder just the difference in mentality of that. And, and we, we've spoken about mentality so many times and how that needs to change, particularly la- late last season. I just wonder if They Mm. didn't have belief before and now they're saying that they have it or in their heads they they think they have it, which is all you need to do almost. Trick yourself into believing just the the 5% difference that you're going to get, which if you put that on our percentage last season, we make finals. But yeah, we've talked a bit of positivity there. What can change? What can be the good part of things? Unfortunately, it's the hot topic at the moment. It's injuries. Mm. We have to go here. And, And yet again, another season. We're already riddled with some injuries to the playing group last year, played that big role and we just we can't catch a break. I don't know what it is. Is it no. last, Is it all Andrew Russell? It's the, it's the big thing we spoke <laughs> about last year. We'll talk about it again. A lot have taken aim at this man, Andrew Russell, and the strength and conditioning yep. team in general. I guess as an overall thing, how are you feeling about our injury management and overall fitness of the team? Yep. It's a good
1: question. It has to be talked about. I think you know me, I'm probably less critical than most, mainly yep. due to uh what would I call it, being naive to exactly what goes on um, you know, with a strength and conditioning yep. team. I think the 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 things that I need to note about him. So my understanding is his fifth season at the club going into it, you know, that's a, a fair time. So if it was his last season, say, I don't mm. think that would be I don't think that would be a rash decision. Like that wouldn't be rushed, yes. you know? Yeah. It's not like this is his second year and we flick him because he does have a great resume and he has some great references and you know, of course he would, but at the end of the season, cookie was challenged on it and he spoke incredibly highly of him. He clearly still backs him in with that said. And like I said, if we got to the end of the season and, and he moved on, I don't think mm. that that would be a crazy thing to happen
0: yeah yeah it's it's such a hard conversation and there just seems to be so many sides of this argument that are so incredibly passionate and i get that real sport supporters mm-hmm. and no one's opinion is correct on this no one's is right no one's is wrong and yep. it's hard but it's obviously a concern and, and i'm not here to put the blame game on it and some people get annoyed at that and i can i can definitely see why because you feel like you're you know there's, <laughs> there's no accountability to someone but just I don't know who exactly to blame and I don't think that everything needs to be thrown on someone, but there's obviously a concern. And it's clear that we have not been able to get our best team on the park consistently and for mm-hmm. long enough. It is it is concerning to hear in these off season that like this is the first time potentially that we're having individual training programs. That seems bizarre if that is actually the case, that we've got these injury prone players and we're not, Making sure that, because you even heard about this with Andrew Russell, which is the crazy thing that with a guy like Cyril, he went, look, I can't get, We his body does not work for nine to five training every single day of the week. So we're going to have to adjust him. He might only have to do a little bit of training just so we can mm. get him through so we can impact the game the best. So it's weird to hear words like that getting thrown about that that hasn't been something we have been doing, particularly with so much knowledge that that's clearly what you have to do. Every single person is different. And there's sure. clearly been too many load injuries. There's been a lot of stress-related injuries, which is, again, quite concerning. And then a lot of issues around players re-injuring themselves with the same things, whether it's during rehab, players just having an injury and being out for way longer than is initially said to be injured for. And all of these things probably put no trust in the strength and conditioning I know myself Mm. from from the outside not knowing a lot I have a lot of concerns around it and sometimes for me I always take the thing of I have to put my faith in the club that those inside know what they're doing and because it's a fresher team and they've come Mm. out publicly this offseason saying us not having our team out there wasn't good enough and we're looking into it which makes me think that Mm. they are actually doing something about it I think that one of the other issues along with just the injury management as one which clearly isn't performing well enough is that the messaging out of the club is not great. You you hear about the Cottrell injury Mm -hmm. and he's apparently been in a moon boot for like a month and there's no words that coming out from the club. And that doesn't help the image of, I guess, Andrew Russell and his team. It makes them feel a bit stupid. I I would suppose where everyone's going, Mm -hmm. yeah, Cottrell's out injured. He's done something here and you don't hear anything. You don't hear anything. And it makes them look dumb like they don't know what they're doing back there. They can't diagnose the injury or, or whatever it is. That lack of transparency mm-hmm. isn't helping. And yeah, I just I just think that whether yep. it comes down to the players not having the bodies, maybe we're recruiting too many injury-prone prone, prone players. Not sure what it is, but it's clear that this mm-hmm. needs to be a focus and whether that's personnel changing, good. I don't care who the strength and conditioning coach is. Could not care less who it is. Just <sighs> make sure our players are fit and actually playing out there
1: yeah well that was (laughs) you've took the words right out of my mouth because it's like the old when we're you know picking a team and you want someone to come in well someone's got to come out yeah also if you're gonna if we're gonna fire andrew russell because people will believe that he doesn't have the ability to do this well yes who's uh who have you got who's Mm. who's next in line to be our strength and conditioning Mm. coach is it going to be someone with as good a resume as him you know at the top end you can say that these last few years haven't been good, but. So it's just one of those things for me where I just got to have the optimism. But I, And I yeah. will say to your point, the, the cultural thing I did think was a mm. bad look. And I'm not normally critical of yeah. the messaging and the comms, but that one where it was like, Walsh, all this stuff. And by the way, this as well. It was like, really? Yeah. Really?
0: Mm. Mm. And I'm more than happy to be throwing it at Andrew Russell and, and asking and expecting more. I think we all should of anyone in any role. I want to make sure every single totally. person is carrying their weight, but you know, there's that one part of me that wonders as well. And, and maybe this is just me trying to devil's advocate this. Cause I'm not sure. in, I think people can strew this the wrong way and think that I'm team Andrew Russell. Like, don't care. I just want us winning football games. Want everyone yes. out there. I wonder how much as well is you've you've heard about like our training standards, maybe not being great in the past. If Vossi's mm. come in and said, you know, this is the standard, whether the bodies haven't been prepared for that. And that's caused a bit of this. Mm. Maybe we've just pushed them a bit far because they're not used to it. But I think on, again, on the flip side, they need to be good enough and we need to be making sure that we're catching these things early to get them into this program. Yeah. But I think he's out of contract at the end of this year, big, big Jack Russell and, if, if we're not fit enough, if we're not running out seasons well, because at the second half of the year, yeah. it always seems like we start plummeting. We're not peaking at the right times. If it doesn't mm-hmm. happen this year. I can't see him being there, to be honest, at the end of the year on a big wage. And I don't think there's been one season where he's been at the club that you've said, geez, everyone's been fit and firing and we look healthy. So clearly that may yep. mean that, that something does change, but let's get specific about it. Let's talk. Cool. about the big one, Sam Walsh, because how big of a blower do you think that this injury is to the team? And we kind of alluded mm. to it. How big is this to affecting our chance to play finals?
1: He's a gun. We know that. It's really hard to put kind of something on this without exactly knowing how long it's going to be. Yeah, I remember you and I had kind of a little chat about this the other day where it was like, you, it's so hard to know because you just for some reason feel like he's just going to come up out of nowhere but then also the, the history of this says that it's going to be round eight and we still haven't heard anything. Mm. So I, I, think, I think we can do it without him. Uh, kind mm. of, as I said earlier, it's, it's the pile on. It's when we've got three of those. I mean, people need to go back and watch our tiers video from the other day. But it's when we've it. got two or three of those tier one mm. is out. That's when I'm starting to get worried. Um, but obviously it's a massive blow. He's yeah. incredible. He could win, he could win the brown
0: low if he was fit. No, yeah, 100%. And he is someone that is a little bit different to what we have in that midfield, being a little bit more of that outside little, little sprinkle of class there. And Hard I don't know. think we necessarily have someone completely on the list there that he isn't playing in this team that sort of steps into that role, where maybe if it was a Hewitt or a Kennedy, we may have another more inside-suited midfielder to take that load. And But maybe that's Mm. the thing, maybe, and I'm trying to be as pessimistic as possible, maybe our structure doesn't rely as hard on a Sam Walsh because we're so trying to be this contested, win-the-ball kind of side. And and maybe when we start to talk about who replaces him, someone else can come in and sort of sort that role out a little bit more, allow a Chera, allow a Crips to maybe be a bit more free. Obviously, Mm -hmm. it's a big blow, but we've got to make sure that we're better than just one player injured away from us not making finals. It's just not acceptable and it hurts, but you've got to move on. So how are you replacing Sam Walsh for, I guess, the inevitable Mm. future of this season? Hopefully, like you say, miraculously, he's like, I'm in round one. He's ready to go. But likelihood says he misses the, the first month or so.
1: Yeah, look, I was gonna uh, I was going through my head like should I make a lamb stocker joke here, get him into the midfield, <laughs> yeah I won't. That's the that's the last lamb stocker reference for this season. Um, He's dead to us. <laughs> he is, he is. Is David Cunningham gonna be playing? I mean, that'd oh, be God. nice. <laughs> is, that, is that a broken up replacement? Um Yeah, look, I mean, there's no replacing. I mean, it could be a Dow opportunity. He's Mm. an obvious one that was always around the fringes. Um, You know, if we talk, you know, Doherty might be a name
0: that you want to talk about, which everybody wants to talk about. Who have you got? Yeah, I mean, it looks like Doherty was the one we saw late last season. He sort of brought a breath of fresh air, I think, to that midfield. Very metres gained, get the Mm. territory, which in those close games, that final's like, Pressure and atmosphere is something I think we maybe lack a little bit. Someone that is just willing to say, "Just get this ball forward and get it, get us territory," and it's a nice difference maker. We'll, we'll obviously chat a bit about it, maybe more with the Zach Williams injury. I don't know what you do now with that injury. I, I think mm-hmm. I was happy to just say, "Doherty goes in there, we'll figure it out." But mm. let's say you limit his time there; it's it's tough. Do you go that route of trying to free up the Chera and Chera takes more responsibility because in that last round, Chera G, he looks good. And we probably saw he? the best game we saw of him getting more time on the ball, getting more yeah. focused there being that outlet. That's exciting for me, seeing if we can unlock a bit more of him because we definitely didn't see the best of, of Adam Chera last season. And do oh, you throw an Ed, Ed Kerno in there who can maybe do a bit yeah. more of that grunt work to allow... Kennedy a bit more on the outside, Cripps a bit more on the outside, and even Hewitt as a really good player. If, if Ed's doing a bit more of George Hewitt's role, you know, mm. it, it's, it's spoken about a bit with a, a George Hewitt and his time playing a bit of halfback. We know it can be a bit more classy, I suppose, with the ball in hand. Yep. Is that another element that we look down? And I mean, Paddy Dow's a name that's going to get thrown around. I'm not sure. I think last mm. year we saw that he wasn't probably... <laughs> The, the name that people really wanted, the club, I suppose, didn't want to throw in there. I'm not sure if we will no. see him. I even just like the idea of giving Fisher more midfield time, to be honest. Yep. And love it. I think we've got enough smalls that we can maybe cover him a little bit. And at times when, when Fish was thrown in there, he adds a bit of spark, adds that outside run. I think we've got enough options to cover him, I suppose. It's not going to be Me as too. good as having Walsh there, but I'm confident that, the magnet magnets can get thrown around. And up until that Zach Williams injury, I don't think it was hurting another line that much by taking someone else. Mm. out. Yep. No, well said, but I guess let's segue into that. Zach Williams injury. It hurts us more because Jordan Boyd's out as well. It would have been easy to just say, look kind of like the Walsh one next man in (laughs) Jordan Boyd. Let's give him a go. He's out as well what happens here? Does, is it, if you're the coach, does Doherty just go straight back? Like what, what are you doing to mm. alleviate this injury? Cause it seemed like we had so many half running half backs and now all of a sudden, Didn't it? maybe we don't.
1: Yeah. It's, it's very tough when it's two players in a very similar position. Yeah. Um, I'm not as convinced maybe as other people that about the Doherty plan for this year, even though it did work quite well at the end of last season. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, yeah. So, I guess for me, you know, we've got Saad, we've got Newman, we're going to have Doc back there. I'm thinking uh, the, the, putting Hewitt back there at, at times seems like a decent shout, especially if we have some different players that we want to start putting through the midfield, like mm. Fish, like you said. Um, perhaps we see Cowan sooner than maybe yeah. we anticipated too, and I think that's kind of an exciting idea. So... Again, this isn't one that I'm too stressed about either, but it does look so completely different when there's two players suddenly out of that depth Mm. chart. When
0: they're, you're right, it felt like we had so many, and now it's like, where are they? Mm. I think for me, the frustrating element comes from uh, what we talked about earlier being that how do we make finals? It's about our transition, and you saw Uh at, at his best, Zach Williams. Wanting to take the game on, that aggression, the class, the run, the speed, that's going to help us. And having him out, having his understudy in Jordan Boyd that plays a similar role out as well, you're kind of down those running halfbacks, And that's probably why I'm a little bit more concerned about this position rather than anything else. But again, mm. I, it kind of comes back to, and as much as I know everyone's pretty negative on it at the moment, if we're good enough, if we want to make finals, We simply have to cover for it. You have to find ways to win, whether we're we're slightly adjusting the game plan to go, okay, maybe let's not go as run heavy. Let's figure this out. And is that Doherty with his ball use? Is that Newman Mm -hmm. with his ball use? Do we try to have Marchbank down there a little bit more to allow Mm -hmm. the the speed of McGovern to run off that halfback a little bit more? As much as that worries me with maybe his hamstring, let's ease up (laughs) on making Gov run too much with his short burst. But... We've seen he can. I think there was some crazy stat that like he had one of our highest speeds clocked during last season, which is insane so to think about when you know like the speed of others. But if he can stay relatively healthy, fingers crossed. Yeah, is that an element that you try to unlock? And I think there's I like enough it. different kind of players out there that we can make something work. And you touch on a cow, and that I'm incredibly high on. Yeah, in this squad from what I saw last season at under 18s, obviously he's only a kid. I don't want to put pressure on this guy to be like, he's our savior. He's going to come in round one and be prime Cade Simpson. He's not, he's <laughs> going to take time to develop But That halfback role you saw with maybe a day cost from Collingwood, that it is one that you can mm. come in and not be super exposed and left exposed. They put him there because it was allowing him to, to read the play a little bit more, grow into the game it could be an element that we see in if he's ready, it'll be exciting, but his attributes, I think he's probably the only fit person. That's not in that 22 that matches up with that kind of profile. Yeah. But I think we're just going to have to wait and see, I guess to to finally finish this sort of Zach Williams thing, maybe this is yeah. going quite deep, but he's sure. only played 23 games so far out of a possible 44 due to his injuries. And It's going to get worse now that he's not playing this season. It'll be 23 out of 67. Is this cause for concern around Zach Williams as a whole? I know this injury is different. It's an ACL, but the numbers are there. The injury history is Mm. there. What are your overall thoughts at the moment around Zach Williams and, and I guess him going forward?
1: I um I laughed when I saw this in the run sheet to be honest because I was concerned thanks, about thanks, his health. <laughs> I was concerned about his health well before this injury. Mm. There's no like yeah. he's been he's had a lot of bad luck since yeah he's been with us. So is there cause for concern? Definitely. I think him like there's that group there's this group of guys that we have on our list that we're just mm. never gonna be able to trust again that they're gonna yep. be able to play a twenty two game season. Facts. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know what that's gonna mean for him after this year, though. We know that he's on quite different yeah. money to a lot, which I guess is what it really is about. Mm. Um, you know, some people were yeah. over the off season saying before he got injured, and before we started hearing how hot he was over the preseason, is Zach Williams like even best 22 mm. when we were fully healthy? Yeah. And you look at our half backs, like he is for me, but some people yes. are putting that out there. So yeah.
0: What do you think? It's obviously concern. As you mentioned, it probably just was concern this this whole time. And unfortunately, at this stage with him, with his contract, Mm -hmm. where you probably just have to take the hit for his whole time. I'm not sure it's worth really getting rid of him unless someone would really throw something ridiculous, like offer-wise, towards us. It's really frustrating because it seemed as if... It was probably the first time that he'd actually rocked up back to preseason fit. There weren't these murmurs of come back a bit overweight. He's not taking it seriously, whether it's just, you know, bollocks coming out of the the club or whatnot. It felt different. And even just looking at him and and seeing little bits here and there, it felt like there was a bit more professionalism to him, which makes this injury for me from a human side hit a little bit more. Cause I just wanted totally. to see the, the best for him, but it's an ACL, like, what can you do? It's not like it was his calf again, like it was his Achilles again, where I'd probably get a bit more angry. I just feel like it's one of those freak things you can't do anything about and just provides opportunity for someone else and we'll deal with the Zach Williams conversation (laughs) when we have to, for me. I'm happy to park it and just try to move on and look for positivity somewhere else. For sure. Uh, It definitely, it it hits me harder too,
1: and especially because, you know, the circumstances in which we got him and how happy mm. he was to be able to be in the navy blue and yeah and all that. So I'm I'm definitely not giving up hope that he's not going to be, you know, I think he can still be part of our premiership team. Um, but yeah, just not for mm. the next little bit.
0: Yeah. So let's let's, let's get away from this negativity. It, it feels like the season preview injuries. started high, getting a bit negative, worrying about will we make finals, talking about injuries. Let's get up and about and excited for this all season. Right. So let's talk about the current preseason. Anyone that you've got your eye on that you're excited about oh. to see in these two preseason games coming up and I guess to maybe start round one, what are you looking for? What are you looking at right now? Take me through. Mm,
1: boy, am I excited. I cannot believe that it's just around the corner already. I mean, cop-out answer for the first one. I'm just very excited to see Akers yes, in that beautiful good number 13, see him rolling around there. Um, that's the one that, that really sticks out. Mm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where Doherty plays, like we yeah. spoke about earlier. Um, and I think that the other big thing for me is, and you spoke about it earlier, what 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 are the small forwards going to look like this mm. year? I feel like Motlop's like the answer to everybody's who's going to take that step um, in his second year, which is very exciting. But you could argue the same for Dirds. Um, yeah. And then always is going to be around there as well. So I'm excited to see, are they going to, at least in the preseason, are we, are we going to see them having a bit more impact in the games than just those kind of flashy moments? Because um, I think that will help elevate us. So, yeah, they're the things on my mind at the
0: moment. Mm. What about you? Yeah, I mean, first I just want to see everyone back. It's it's that, that exciting of time of, it was interesting. I definitely enjoyed the time off. And then it sort of hit a point pretty much straight after sort of Christmas, New Year, where I started to get excited again. Then you get some bad injury news, you, you feel a bit flat. Now I'm just fully ready to go. And you know me, if, you, if you're a long-term listener of this channel, I'm just excited to see the new draftees. Uh, I think that's oh, obviously yeah. down my, it's my bread and butter. So I'm keen to see how they're actually fitting in. And having seen so much of particularly last year's crop, and what mm-hmm. they can do at an under-18 level. It's a big jump. It's a big step up. I just kind of want to see how they're fitting in compared to some of the more seasoned players. And if there's yep. anyone that actually looks like they're at that level or, or just just those little things. Because that's the exciting part. They're so unknown. Have we unlocked the new gem? Do we have a future Brownlow medalist? It's that <laughs> those fun unknowns for me where their pressure's not on them just yet. Like, uh, And maybe a few other players a few years down the line. So That's something I'm yep. excited to see. Definitely the small forward, see who's there. Is Jack Martin fit and firing? What's, what's he going to offer up this season? Mm. The Ruck one that I touched on is probably one of the big things for me. There's so yeah. much talk around it, and we're going to discuss this probably the most in our best 22 episode coming up, so I don't want to go too mm. in-depth at the moment, but there's still that debate. Is is decoding the answer? Has he stepped up? Is he ready to take over that spot? Is Pittenet actually the 100% number one, we probably played better with him when he was firing last season. Mm-hmm. Does he have what it takes and just see exactly how the midfield is working around those two? And and because it's still that issue, there's not a lot of depth below those two guys. There isn't yep. a nailed on first choice. It's a it's a big question mark going into this season, whether that's good or bad. I want to see where that's at. And I guess to touch on the last thing as well, then it is probably that... Other crop that we drafted a few years ago in the guys like a Kemp, guys like a Carroll. Yeah, Kemp. Is this their year to kick on? What position are they playing? How is it all going? I want to see. And, and obviously, it's preseason. It's only going to be two games. It's hard to read into a lot. But where mm. is their development at, at this stage of the year? Big questions, I suppose.
1: Yeah, Kemp's a really good one. I, I feel like we could see anything. From him, like I feel like we could see him almost lining up anywhere on the ground. They could try him yeah. somewhere else, see if he can get a different fresh start
0: somewhere. Mm. So it's exciting, mate. Can't wait to be at Icon in a couple of weeks, checking it out. A hundred percent. So let's get into the fan questions we asked you guys on Twitter. Um, So Indeed. definitely, I've left it late again, Lockie. I haven't told you before we started this to jump in and stop me. But yes, follow us on socials at Navy Blue Corner. We do a lot of um, sort of call and response on Twitter. It's probably the easiest to to hear from you guys. We love hearing from you. So messages, obviously follow us, reply to our tweets because we ask a lot of our questions on there. Uh, Hit me with a couple, Lockie.
1: Yep. I love it. Let's start with our man, Darren Hodge, which I feel like this is your wheelhouse. So I'm going to, I'm going to just let you give the answer. <laughs> Prec- how many on. games, how many games do you think our draftees will each play in 2023? Ooh, do you want to, you know, mm. put the, put the tinfoil hat on or, you know, look into the future? What, what's it going to be?
0: So hard to it actually quantify a proper number. I definitely am probably not researched enough to... I think I, mm. my, the dumbness in me wants to actually look at this and figure out the rough average games of people.
1: <sighs> nah.
0: So maybe I've I'll, I'll almost fenced it to start and then I'll give you a thing. But I think mainly... Love the, it. I think Hollands will probably play the most. I feel okay. as if his position on the wing, his attributes, even though he's a bit light framed, might be a bit easier for him to come in on that wing. I reckon he'll probably play the most. Cool. And we might see him a bit early if he's progressing quite well. Cowan, because of the injuries, I think you might see yep. a bit of him. I'm putting a number on it. I'll go. We'll see eight to ten <laughs> games from Ollie Hollins. Oh, we'll a see, range. Here we we'll go. Let's see eight, oh, Okay. We'll have nine then. I'll go <laughs> split the middle. We'll get nine games for Ollie Hollins. We will see six games from Cowan. And yep. I actually don't think we'll see uh, any from the other guys. I'm not sure we'll see Binzi. If we do it, yep. it'd be one or two. I don't think we'll see Harry Lemmy unless or everyone gets injured. It's just a little bit far off the development there. So I'll try not to fence it. We said we called it out earlier. So thanks for we pushing did. me for it. You so That's worried. probably where I'm seeing those guys there. I hope I haven't missed anyone <laughs> considering I'm the, no. the, the, the self-appointed draft expert.
1: <laughs> Oleg?
0: How many is Oleg going to play? Hopefully if none, to... which means we're firing. You think I would most say, likely none. I'll say two. Okay.
1: There you Might go. It. It'll be a real Will Hayes. Yes. Let's keep pushing on. Uh, the lone wolf ant, Anthony. Who is your player that you think will have a breakout year? And his guess is Motlop, as I touched yep. on earlier. You know, do you wanna do you wanna put a put your name behind a breakout player right now? Yeah. Give me something.
0: See, this is a tough one. No fantasy. Got... I want to save, I reckon, my main ones for our oh. predictions episode because that'll be out okay. at some stage over the next few weeks. So I don't want to give away too much. i got to leave you guys with something, a couple of cliffhangers, but I'll, I'll try and find my sure. notes for that, to be honest, as the ones to watch. Um, the hard thing was, and give I'll split one, this one out one now, name. It was meant to be Jordan Boyd. It was everything was mm. written in the stars for this man. I was falling in love with him. I was loving his music taste. I was loving his personality. Everything that this man was doing, I was about. I'm going to go and stick with my man. It's Lockie Cowan. I think I've Mm. put my name to this man so many times. I think we're going to get excited whether he becomes a staple, whatever. I just think that in his appearances that we're going to see this year, you're just going Mm. to see enough glimpses that you'll be like, whether whether he's good, whether he's bad. You'll see those little parts of his game and go, fuck me, we have a player in the making there. There's just – he has a couple of little attributes that if things develop right for him, he's on that elite level. That's I'm putting my name to, to Lockie Cowan this year. Uh, wh- what about you? Put it. your name to one.
1: Oh, you know. No, I like putting you on the hot seat uh, in our <laughs> little Twitter round. Um, it's real. We kind of spoke a little bit before the podcast. It's mm. really hard to pick a breakout guy this year because I don't know. I feel like now that we're getting a bit of consistency, it's just going to yeah. be this little gradual progression from so many. Um, mm. You know what? It's. I'm going to say it's a cop out, but no, I'm not having any fence sitting here. You've just grilled this me. This isn't on a it. Fence I need a name. I need a name. Difference between a fence sitting and a cop out, and my cop out okay. is going is to be Jesse Motlop because if yeah. I had to, okay. if I was actually putting my money on someone to go from. You know, he obviously wasn't best 22 at the start yeah. of last season and he and he worked his way up. I think at the end of this season, we're going to be talking about Jesse as I'm calling it, our, our number one small forward.
0: Look, it's weak, but I think I'm just going to have to accept that. I'll make sure to grill you a little bit harder in our season predictions and make sure yep. I get – push you a little bit harder. I'm happy to leave it for now, but remind All me, right. everyone, that Lockie needs to um, put them on the table. That. And, and get this one going. Do you have any more questions for me,
1: Lucky? Yeah, I like this one. Well, Mickey C has put four questions out there, but I'm just going to pick my favourite, um, which is really close to my heart, this one. Do you think at, at any stage this season, are we going to absolutely bury some opposition?
0: <sighs> if we don't, I am Ugh. not going to be happy. I'm going to be spewing. Well, That's can probably- I ask, yep.
1: you, would you say... Who would you say we buried anyone last season?
0: Maybe, uh, probably not. Maybe like north a little bit. Maybe I think we buried yeah. West Coast. Yeah, oh, I don't know. We still I think I we about still that had last that, quarter. We had, we had that scare in the middle, and so maybe I can't call it the hundred percent scare. But this probably is. Uh, who, sorry, who who asked us this question? This was Mickey C. Mickey C, thank you so much because you almost should write my run sheet because I've missed out on on this part of it. But this is probably almost so vital to us being able to take this next step to be that top four team. We've rarely buried a team. We've barely had the foot Mm -hmm. on the throat, start to finish of a game, never been worried about losing. Start the game, put yourself five goals up and just coast for the rest of the game and go on with it. That's going to be the difference, I think, this year. If we're able to start games strong and then go on with it. Like, I go back to that Hawthorne game and that Port Adelaide game where we set ourselves up. Clearly, we weren't, for whatever reason, ready to take that leap and finish off sides. And I think, ultimately, that hurt us as the season went on that we had to really fight tooth and nail in so many games and get over the line. If you want to be fit and firing, you want to be healthy and peaking at the right periods, being able to give yourselves that lead and just coast off it, mm-hmm. there's less miles in the legs. And us being able to do that, that is, yeah, as I said, it's going to be the, the difference maker in us being a top four team or us finishing ninth to sixth. Yeah. That's why
1: I, it was a really good question. Mm. And I think it is, it is going to be important for us. But I do have to challenge you on the West Coast thing because if we if we go back to it, so we were up by seventeen at three. Oh, so time. I agree. Forty-six to zero in the last quarter. Yeah, that's that's what I call burying, not allowing a team to score in the fourth mm. quarter. Um, but we want to see that every four weeks, not yeah, not once in the season.
0: Mm. We we need to be beating those teams that we should be beating and convincingly, and I want to bury a top eight contending team. It, it feels like yeah. we maybe did that a little bit with maybe Frio when we played them at Marvel to, to an extent, I felt like that yep. was pretty comprehensive. It wasn't a burial, but I guess for those good teams, I want us doing that a few times where it feels like a comfortable 30 point win to yep. really just show that when we do play some of these better sides, we can finish you. That's what I'm keen to say. Yep. Yes, it will happen. Love Thank it. you. Let's, Bring it home with one more. Jeremy
1: Cruz. Is it just me or does Cripper look to have a bit of mongrel in him this preseason? What are you feeling about Cripper? A few
0: clips going around. Crips, if you will. I I reckon he's nailed it there. There seems to be a little bit of something and maybe it's in the verbiage of a, a lot of people the players themselves, it seems like mm. there has been maybe a bit of a shift. I'm hearing a lot of, particularly if you have listened to the um, summer, is it Summer Sessions, I believe is the class yes. podcast going about. Good plug. Right, Shout right. out to those guys. Uh, they probably don't need it. Shout out to us, please. We need to grow yeah. to the podcast. Thanks. <laughs> Get these guys on us. We can do the Summer Sessions. I'll, I'll come out of my hiatus uh, over the summer to interview these boys. Absolutely. But, I think there is this. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Almost just lost my train of thought. So maybe we can't interview these guys. To be honest, I'm I'm awful at this job. (laughs) But (laughs) they've been saying when they're asked about, you know, what's the expectation? What are you doing? They're just like, I'm sick of talking. We just got to prove it. Mm. We the only thing we got to do is go out on that park and prove it. And maybe you're seeing that, particularly that clip with Cripper and Kennedy, where they're going at it. They're they're not just training, it almost feels like it's against opposition. And then once they're done, it's all good. It's not. It's no Setantaro helping Cameron Cloak kind of issues going on at training. They're able to to just calm it down and have some fun afterwards. But mm. when they're training, when they're doing anything competitive, they're going 100%. They don't get who's in their way. And they're, they're hopefully training how they want to play. And I think hopefully, maybe it's just a bit of clip and, and maybe that's not how it's going, but I think we need that little bit we've about, we've talked about the ruthlessness, we've talked about the aggression. We're sick of being the nice guys, sick of having the, the guys that you're happy to take home to your, to your daughter and all those things like that. We don't want that. We want the bad <laughs> boys. We want some anger from these fellas. I wanna see I wanna see a bit of null from, from Big Cripper and the boys.
1: Love it, mate. Very well said. I think Yeah, it's it's Cripper's prerogative now. He's got the he's got the Chaz and yeah now it's time for him to be that leader and he and he mm. showed it at times last year you know I think in the games like you know the Archie incident comes to mind he bumps know, times, who he wants he does <laughs> he does So I think we're gonna see even more maybe not exactly that mm. but more of that kind of energy this
0: year from Cribber yeah. I think he's fed up with not making finals. And I hope that that is how they're all feeling. And then that's going to be a bit of a difference make up. But Lockie, I'll end on one question yeah. here. We've had a good one. It's been nice to be back and talking to you, but then on a nice positive one again, yeah. what are you looking forward to the most about this season?
1: Oh, I'm so glad Freddie's almost back. Mm. For me, it's getting to as many games as possible. Mm. I think that's going to be a beautiful thing to not take for granted considering how long ago it was when we mm. could not go to a game for the entire season. Yeah. And then I think this kind of goes back to what I was saying about finals. I just want to not take the like the wins for granted and not take yeah. each week for granted because I feel like, if I think back, I don't even remember how we were feeling when we were just, when the Blues were on the top of the world last season because mm. I felt like all we were thinking about was just we we're just looking ahead the whole time so yeah. finals so are we locked in for finals could we miss out oh it looks like we're going to miss out we missed out uh, th- this season we're obviously still going to talk about it on the pod every week because it's what you have to talk oh, about yeah. but i want to not take the individual moments and and games for granted and you know we we're, we're winning more than two games in a season again and that's something to get excited about mm. and if we win two games this season then fuck me the podcast is over. <laughs> that's it we're done I'm, I, I'm not
0: sure I can do that but no that's, that's beautiful I love that Lockie that's really good Um, I'm going to ask myself the question considering you didn't ask it to me I'm um, not going to ask <laughs> fair enough oh, we've that gone this long I'm, I'm sure you're sick of hearing me you're, ho- you're hoping we only win two games so you don't have to deal with me every right, week well,
1: uh... mate, I'm going to do the summer <laughs> sessions next year I don't know I didn't know if you saw that email um, <laughs> I've been poached but oh. no what are you excited mate, about mate
0: what are you excited about this year it might be a bit cheesy and then this isn't meant to be, but it goes around, it goes around the going to the games. And Mm -hmm. I think I probably always wanted to have and feel like I'm a part of some bigger group going to the footy. Like it's normally, which I've absolutely loved and I'm not trying to take this for granted. It's normally just been like a, me and my family going to the games and I might be able to catch up with you and maybe a, a couple of other people, but it's always felt quite rigid in a way of, I just Mm. want to be able to celebrate and enjoy these moments with so many other people. And probably the the best part about this podcast is being able to meet so many different people. And I want to kind of make a bit more of an occasion around the footy, not just have it. I go to the game. I maybe go for a beer afterwards somewhere and go home. I want to be Mm. going to somewhere before the game and trying to see as many people as possible. So many friends and making this, maybe like you're saying, Make every game an occasion. Make every game a grand (gasps) final. That's what footy is about, and we've missed it for so long. So, yeah, if you're listening, if you want to catch up with us, seriously, who are we? I don't know why you'd want to in the first place, but if you do, we are open to to have have a drink, have a bit of a chat. Cannot wait to get stuck into it. We'll be at the uh, the preseason game in Melbourne. So definitely we'll try to arrange a bit of a meetup with, with everyone that we possibly can, if there is anyone that does, because I don't know if you do. but Well, I mean, we they- put these call to actions out 65 <laughs> minutes into the podcast,
1: everybody time. <laughs> if you're still here and listening, let us know and, you know, let, let Ian buy you a, a Carlton at, at Icon in a couple of weeks. And next, next episode, let's bring this up in the first five minutes and, and watch the inquiries f-
0: flow in. Well, you're the one that's, that's been big on this uh, move to try and get this podcast onto TikTok. So, mate, nice. get out there, clip this, push that mm-hmm. one for me and, and maybe we can find that as a way. When I stuff this podcast run sheet up and I've left something yep. too late, just clip it and that's the one that goes out there. But like, I think this has been a good way it. to end the, uh, the first episode back and I might end it with, again, maybe leaving a bit of breadcrumbs for those that are quite passionate with this, this podcast, the big supporters. Love it. Because if, you, if you've lasted this long... I don't know why you have, but we love you, and this is it. our 99th episode—the one that you're currently listening to. Which means the next one that we release will be our hundredth. And I don't want to don't want to go too early. Don't want to hype this one up too much, but we've got a couple of special things planned. I know everyone always says this. Everyone always tries to big hype things it up. coming. But there is something to keep your eyes peeled out for. So when this one drops and you listen to it, and you clearly get to the end. Get excited for our 100th. But that will wrap this one up. Happy to be back and see you for our 100th episode. See you guys next time.